ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Facts versus Rhetoric. Thank you very much for joining us today. On today's episode, I wanted to respond to some feedback slash request for more information that I received, which I really appreciate. My email is in the description, and I love nothing more than hearing from someone or anyone, agree, disagree, whatever that is, really appreciate it. The two things I wanted to cover today was, quote, I'm having trouble connecting the dots between the Nazi, Holocaust, COVID vaccine, etc. And your tyrannical historical references are not applicable till to today. So again, thank you so much for that. I obviously did not do a good enough job in making my points, so I do appreciate a second chance to elaborate on those. And, and getting feedback is important because it made me look critically at what I've said and then apply those critiques. And when I do that, I agree. I didn't spend enough time on explaining myself. I'm definitely guilty of trying to keep these episodes under 20 minutes. Sometimes I assume that we're sharing certain knowledge on a topic and I don't always elaborate fully on my comparison. So it was a good learning experience for me. And anything sent to me asking for more information or letting me know I've failed to provide sufficient reason or logic on a topic gets my undivided attention. So it's important to keep in mind as we go through these historical comparisons, we need to focus on the fact that the doctors failed their patients. Those in the medical profession let us down. And this is relevant and important lesson to learn because most of us trusted our doctor to take care of us. Most people blindly trusted their doctor without question. Most people looked the other way when their doctor skipped very important safeguards. In both cases, people we trusted forgot their professional ethics and we suffered as a result. We went along with a bad idea based on a falsehood in 2020, and the German people did the same thing in the late 30s and early 40s. The point of today's episode is to compare the two events to highlight the similarities in how they got started and what allowed them to last for years. We need to keep in mind, I am not attempting to compare the results. So we need to resist the urge to just dismiss this without listening to the relevant similarities in what caused the human suffering and what prolonged it. So let's take a look at Germany in the late 1930s. I feel it's safe to say most of us are aware of what the Nazis did to the Jews. They wanted to eradicate them from the planet. They propagandized their citizens and their soldiers relentlessly until most every German had the perception that the Jews spread disease. They were a danger to the Aryan health and safety. So, in the name of the welfare of the nation, we're justified to do whatever we need to do to keep the Germans safe. And because of the hysterical fear and incessant propaganda, otherwise moral people did some pretty horrific shit. There were concentration camps, there were mass executions, they had gas chambers. The Nazis had multiple genocidal ways to kill as many Jewish people as they could. Out of the over 6 million Jews that were killed during the war, approximately 2.7 million died in gas chambers. What some of you may or may not know is those gas chambers weren't built by the Nazi soldiers. Those gas chambers were built by the German medical community years before the start of the war. Two years before the genocide of the European Jews, there were some German doctors that were laying out some radical eugenic measures, and their idea was a way to restore the racial integrity of the German nation. It was aimed to eliminate what they referred to as 
life unworthy of life. And those individuals that they were referring to were the ones that suffered from physical or neurological or psychiatric disabilities because it represented both a genetic and a financial burden on the German society in the state. And you might have heard that word eugenics that gets tossed around a lot, the World Economic Forum's getting into that. That's the practice of advocacy of controlled, selected breeding of a human population to improve their genetic composition. And before you just dismiss this as some crazy Nazi idea, this idea was taken from the Americans who were already practicing eugenics. The German medical community copied what the Americans were doing in the beginning of the 20th century. Before the war, the German medical community was weeding out the disabled, the mentally ill, the disfigured, the committed, the dim-witted, and born from that misguided idea came these euthanasia programs, the systematic murder of institutionalized patients with disabilities. And this got ramped up in the summer of 1939 when Hitler took a liking to the program. And he signed a secret authorization in order to protect the participating physicians, medical staff, and administrators from prosecution. Soon, a number of planners began to organize a secret killing operation targeting disabled children. The Reich Ministry of the Interior mandated that all physicians, nurses, midwives report newborn infants and children under the age of three who showed signs of severe mental or physical disability. Public health authorities began to encourage that parents admit their own freaking kids if they suffered from any of these disabilities. They were encouraged to bring them to these special pediatric centers throughout Germany and Austria, where specifically recruited medical staff would kill them with lethal doses of medication or just straight up starve them. At first, it was just the infants and the toddlers, and then they began progressively raising the age, including kids up to 17 years old. And conservative estimates suggest that at least 10,000 physically and mentally disabled German children perished as a result. The Germans called the secret euthanasia enterprise T4. And this was code name that came from the street address of the program's coordinating office in Berlin. The T4 planners began to distribute questionnaires to all public health officials, public and private hospitals, men's institutions, nursing homes, under the guise that the survey was intended to simply just, hey, we're gathering statistical data. But the form's sinister purpose was to gauge the patient's capacity to work. You know, could they serve the state? And to categorize the patients suffering from schizophrenia, epilepsy, dementia, you know, any other chronic psychiatric or neurological disorders. And they also wanted to categorize those not of German or related blood. From there, those forms were evaluated by secretly recruited medical experts. And based on their decision, they began to remove patients selected for the euthanasia program from their institutions. The patients were transported by bus or rail to one of their central gassing installations to be killed. Within hours of their arrival, the victims perished in gas chambers, and those gas chambers, like we talked about in the World War II podcast, were disguised as shower facilities, and they used pure bottled carbon monoxide. Then they dragged the bodies out, burned them in the crematorium, which was right next door. Workers then took the ashes from the cremated victims from a common pile, so they just sent random ashes in a urine back to the relatives of the victim, along with a fake death certificate listing a fake cause of death. According to T4's own internal calculations, the euthanasia effort claimed the lives of 70,273 institutionalized mentally and physically disabled people. 
Outside of the history lesson, the two big takeaways should be this. The gas chambers were designed and built by the German medical community. And the T4 euthanasia death warrants were signed by German physicians. The sick, the disabled, the vulnerable became targets to eradicate instead of people to care for. And these people were not enemies of the state. They just failed to meet some fucking arbitrary standard dictated by the German government and the German medical community. Oh yeah, listen up medical professionals. We need to improve the population's genetic composition, you know, for the greater good, the welfare of our nation, the safety of our citizens. We're going to have to sterilize some people who are in the state's opinion not fit to reproduce. Don't worry, we're only going to forcibly sterilize and kill the dull, the dumb, foolish, futile, ill-advised, irrelevant, ludicrous, naive, senseless, short-sighted, unintelligent, brainless, deficient, dense, dim, gullible, half-baked, half-witted, idiotic, inane, mindless, moronic, nonsensical, obtuse, out-to-lunch, simple-minded, slow, sluggish, stupefied, thick-headed, and witless citizens. And hey, while we're at it, let's kill the disabled and mentally ill, the misunderstood and the deformed. Oh, hang on. Hitler's on the other line. The Jews spread disease. What? The Jews spread disease? Well, we'll have to add them to the list. You know, in order to protect the German people's health and safety, we can't have a bunch of disease-ridden people of certain ethnicity running around here, getting all this good German sick. Hey, what are they sick with? Uh, Hitler, they want to know what they're sick with. Uh, typhus. Yeah, yeah, go with typhus. The Jews spread typhus. So you can see how things just get out of hand real quick. And many of the German citizens probably just assumed the doctors would do what was right. Well, if they're doing it, they're the medical professionals. If they think these people are a threat to our health and safety, they must be a threat to our health and safety. So here's one of the other connections. The fact that the health crisis was manufactured by the government, which resulted in the doctors putting the greater good ahead of their individual patient's health. And they made up a lot of shit to vilify them and change people's perception of them. They went from the vulnerable part of society, the people that required help, to all of a sudden they were threats to health and safety, and it was okay to exterminate them and treat them like subhumans. And Hitler added in the Jews, you know, because they spread disease. You now have the German doctors not serving the sick and vulnerable patients, but rather they became agents of a social program, serving the government's agenda for the greater good. Their duty to care was replaced with the duty to serve the government's agenda. And the German people were so propagandized, they had no trouble treating other human beings as if they were subhuman and allowing unspeakable atrocities to be committed against them because, hey, they were threatening your health and safety, so it was okay to do this unspeakable shit to them. I hope this sheds light on the similarities because, again, I'm not comparing the results of both examples. Rather, what led to both examples? Government makes rules. Then they propagandize the citizens until everyone walking around has this perception that Jews spread typhus or the unvaccinated are killing the elderly. Right? Propagandize people who don't think for themselves just fall into line and it allows this to happen. The Germans had their propaganda, and we recently had ours. We still have it. And another important part of the story is what resulted from the Germans' actions before and during the war. On October 18, 1945, 22 Nazis were brought to trial in Nuremberg for crimes against peace, war crimes, and crimes against humanity. 
The world found out what the hell the Germans were doing, and it was time for them to answer for their actions. Because what they realized is in addition to these euthanasia programs that doctors were running, the German doctors were also experimenting on Jewish prisoners in the death camps. It is important to look at the Germans' defense, like what, what, what could have been their justifiable reason to have conducted these unconsented experiments on these prisoners? Well, the first thing they said, nothing that they did was illegal under German law. And that was true. The prisoners were slated for extermination anyway, so you might as well extract some science out of them before they kill them. That was also true. They were slated for extermination. And many of the people volunteered to be selected for the experimentations because of the food and housing conditions were better than in the death camp barracks. And lastly, the defendants argued that the experiments were justified in the name of science and progress and the greater good. Well, that was kind of also true. And yes, there were some experiments that had no plausible scientific value. And it would be very hard to argue that it wasn't just straight up torture. But most experiments conducted by these Nazi doctors proved to be very useful. Real medical knowledge was gained. And what the Nazi doctors discovered, they still use today. This stuff is printed in medical journals. We know the hyperthermic effects of a downed pilot who lands in water. We know how long he can survive because the Germans put prisoners in ice baths and timed how long it would take to kill him. We know what happens to a pilot at high altitudes because the Germans would put prisoners in negative pressure chambers then jack the pressure up until their internal organs exploded. We know a fertilized human ovary takes three to four days to traverse the fallopian tube and implant in the uterus because the German doctors dissected living pregnant women in these camps. So because what the German doctors did was not against the law, and because some of the prisoners did volunteer for these experiments, and because the scientific progress was made, the jurors at Nuremberg had to invoke the novel concept of crimes against humanity. Okay, this natural law argument states that there are some things you just can't know, right? There are some acts that can never be justified. Saying, oh, I didn't know, I didn't know, or I'm just following orders, that was unacceptable in some cases. It's not a get-out-of-jail-free card. So the whole point of the Nuremberg trials was to prevent this from happening again. They came up with the Nuremberg Code, 10 principles to protect people from becoming unwilling lab rats. To prevent similar human rights disasters in the future, the central principle of research ethics and medical ethics, namely the free and informed consent of the research subject or the patient was clearly articulated in the Nuremberg Code in 1947. The first of the code's 10 principles begins, the voluntary consent of the human subject is absolutely essential. This means that the person involved should have legal capacity to give consent, should be so situated as to be able to exercise free power of choice without the intervention of any element of force Fraud, deceit, duress, overreaching, or other ulterior form of constraint or coercion, and should have sufficient knowledge and comprehension of the elements of the subject matter involved as to enable him to make an understanding and enlightened decision. That was Chris Abel reading from Dr. Aaron Katari's new book, The New Abnormal, The Rise of the Biosecurity Medical State. That just lays out what the lesson of the Nuremberg trials was but that was their solution. One way to prevent this from ever happening again was to invoke informed consent. 
People such as myself who were against the vaccine mandates would always throw out the informed consent or the Nuremberg Code defense. But I always failed to go into more detail and make the connection for people, and it just probably sounded like a bunch of hyperbole. The voluntary consent of a human subject is absolutely essential to exercise free power of choice without intervention or any element of force, fraud, deceit, duress, or overreaching constraint and coercion. I mean, are you kidding me? We saw all of that. My doctor admitted to my face when questioned on it, she skipped the informed consent on COVID with all of her patients. You know, because the government said it was okay and it was a health emergency and everyone was scared. That gave her the excuse to not do her job and feel no shame about it and admit it to me like it was no big deal. Employers required their employees to get an experimental drug to keep their job. That feels like an element of force and overreaching constraint coercion, doesn't it? The fucking president of the United States and the man he put in charge of the pandemic response told you on live TV that you would not get COVID if you got the shot. You would not spread COVID if you got the shot. Again, without any element of fraud or deceit, because that shit was fraudulent and deceitful. They was wrong. You were told by every member of the mainstream media that you were going to kill Nana if you didn't take this experimental for-profit drug. It is absolutely essential to exercise free power of choice without any element of duress. And it was so hard to get people to remove the COVID part and look at this shit objectively. In 2019, if I told you like, hey, um, the government's going to force us to take an experimental medical procedure against our will, you know, to prevent other people from getting sick, from catching the flu. And if you didn't do it, you were going to get fired from your job. You, they were going to prevent you from traveling. They were going to prevent you from accessing your bank account or leaving your home or visiting your dying grandmother or being able to have a funeral from your dead grandfather. There's no way you would have been like, oh, I, I would have totally been on board for that. And I would have shamed all my friends and family who didn't get on board with that. All 50 states in our country have laws requiring informed consent be presented to the patients before any medication is given, before any diagnostic test is given, and before any medical and surgical intervention is done. These safeguards exist to protect the adults and the children who don't have the capacity to consent, prisoners, the disabled, the poor, right back to the most vulnerable people in our society are protected by informed consent. The Germans didn't break any laws. Shit, their government gave them special immunity. The American doctors broke every freaking law and ethic we have. But because the president declared a state of emergency, hey, no one's, no one's accountable. Don't worry about the rules or your rights or anything we've learned from fucking history. That all goes out the window because, ah, it's an emergency. Like we said in our last episode, those in charge never learn from history. Your doctor didn't give you informed consent. They did not hold up their duty to care or to do no harm. They told you to take an experimental drug and that you don't have the free power of choice because it was for your own good. And then when it was clear that the fucking drug wasn't even working, how they said it was going to work because you still got it and you still spread it. They resorted to all elements of force, fraud, deceit, duress, and overreaching constraint and coercion under the guise of what was best for the greater good. 
the German doctors in the 40s and the American doctors in the 2020s stopped serving their patients, the sick, the vulnerable, the ones who needed their help the most, and became instead agents of a fucking social program serving a government agenda for the greater good, where people were just singled out arbitrarily by the government. And I'm starting to get a little fired up because when I talk about this, I cannot believe it happened. Especially when we had a shining example of what not to do that has been taught in fucking school my whole life. And everyone knows the story of, yet all goes out the window when we get scared. The fact that our medical professionals' duty to care was replaced with the duty to serve an agenda is just, I can't believe that happened. That is the relevance of the comparison. It's not the outcome. And I've said in previous episodes, your doctor is not a fucking hero. Your health does not come before their career or their paycheck. And the quicker you figure that out, the healthier and safer you'll actually be. Rise above the tree line and the clouds I look down